0: You are listening to America's Healthcare Challenge on News Talk 1290, News Talk 1290KOIL.com, and the News Talk 1290 mobile app. Once again, here's Sean McGuire. According to the Kaiser Family Foundation, a recent study, you can find it on the Edie Bellis Twitter page, deductibles, coinsurance paid by workers growing faster than payments by their health care plan, leading to to less take-home pay, really bringing up Uh, The issue of affordability and uh, the Affordable Care Act went to uh, kind of help uh, people, so they thought, uh, with affordability, mandating that uh, plans could not be more than nine and a half percent of an individual's income, nine and a half percent, meaning that's the maximum amount that they could have to uh, contribute for their uh, for their their coverage. And uh, in certain industries, uh, that can kind of be kind of a, a sketchy or, or wiggly situation, Brian, yeah. uh, as, uh, just because they're right on, on the line. And so uh, we've had uh, some people that, that, that you were talking about um, that ca- kind of experiencing uh, some things by maybe going to the marketplace, but then this might trigger some sort of letter from uh, the federal government to the business owner. Uh, can you kind of give them a little context about uh, about what you're seeing out there?
1: Sure. So um, when, when you're talking to an employer uh, or, or they're talking to their employees, uh, there's a certain issue of affordability on a health plan. Employers care about it because if their plans are not affordable, it triggers uh, the shared responsibility payment. So it can trigger a $3,000 penalty to the employer. The employees uh, can care about it because if a plan is unaffordable, then they can get subsidies in the marketplace. And so um, what, what's happening right now is you're, you're gonna have uh, the, the, the melding of two things. Uh, you're gonna have either the employer gets a penalty or an employee is not eligible for a subsidy. And I'm gonna explain a little bit of why, of why that matters. Okay, so uh, I, I work with an employer who got this letter from the, the marketplace and it said, your employee has signed up for coverage to the marketplace and is receiving a subsidy. Which eventually could trigger a penalty to you. Um, so the employer calls calls me and they they say, "What should I do with this notice?" You know, I don't want to I don't want to get charged with a penalty. And I said, "It's not so much, not not just you, not just you, but it's your employee that needs some information here. And believe it or not, there's a lot of employees out there that are going to fall into this trap, and it's huge. So um, what what happens is." If an employee goes to the marketplace, they can basically say whatever they want and pay whatever they want and be eligible for whatever they want. And you know what? The, the government doesn't ask for much information. They're starting to now a little bit, but they just kind of let you let you go. And then you're paying whatever amount that you kind of described. But if that plan ends up being affordable, you're going to have to pay back. Every penny that the government subsidized your plan, and if you've seen the premium, sometimes those subsidies take a plan that's $1,000 to $100. So you got a $900 uh, subsidy for 12, mo- for 12 months that you might have to pay back. So that, that employee, if, mm-hmm. if you get that letter that says your employee is eligible for a subsidy, it's basically saying someone's going to pay either you, Mr. employer are going to pay because you didn't provide the, the right coverage at an affordable level, level or your employee is going to pay back the subsidy that that they claimed that they were eligible for. And so if you do happen to get the subsidy or or get this letter or even if you work for a small employer who won't get the, who won't get the letter because they didn't have to report uh, on their on their health plan uh, you need to be uh, aware that the the government is tying up these loose ends, right? The the IRS is now talking to CMS, just like they were supposed to. Finally, and, and they got the they got the report, right? Got and the now they're going to work on it. Yeah, yeah.
0: So let's break this down a little bit more because I think this is a critical, important uh, piece of the law. And one of the things I always almost made fun of uh, when I was going through through the thing was the fact that employers have to offer coverage, and if they don't, they get penalized. But then they also have to notify their employees of the fact that these exchanges exist yeah. in the first place. So it's just kind of a very awkward situation some employers might write because you're telling them that, that these things exist, and if you don't have the right communication strategy in place, they might just go, oh, well, I'm just going to go to the marketplace, blah, 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 and then they can just lie, what like right. you said, about it. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing to stop them from doing that, is there?
1: You know, um, they can't. Yeah, uh, yeah. And and the the sad thing is, is a lot of the notices you get from your employer, you just kind of put them in a file. Like I don't need to, I don't need to read this. It's just government stuff. It's health health care. Who knows? But those notices can be super important. Uh, the, the 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 specific area uh, that is going to be uh, trapping people is that. If the employer says, hey, your plan is affordable, then uh, it not just removes the subsidy for you, right, but it removes the subsidy for your children or for your wife, no matter what the cost would be. And so if if the plan is affordable to the employee only, meaning the the amount that you pay uh, for the plan for single-only coverage on the lowest-cost plan is affordable, that's, that's gonna remove your subsidy. And so if you have children that you add, or a spouse that you add, you know, your premium may be 15, a, 20% of your income. You know, if you look at it for uh, a family of four, you know, the, the premium on a plan, it's about the poverty level, okay? So if, you, if you're at the poverty level and you have a family of four, that that policy would cost you everything. So and there's nothing to to <laughs> shield your, the 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 children and the spouses of these employees because the employer will just offer a plan that's affordable to their employee, and uh, you know the the rest of the family can can can, uh, can kind of fend for themselves. You know, um, so can they
0: go to the marketplace?
1: They they can go to the marketplace, but they pay full price. So uh, basically, especially in Nebraska here, uh, the only the only other option that can save you from this is for, is is Medicaid. Uh, so you have uh, people on the low, lowest end of the scale, right? They got awesome coverage. It's a great program, and I'm, not, I'm not, not, not trying to dog it. I'm just saying it's a great program, and it's free. But as soon as you make above the poverty level in Nebraska, there's nothing. There's nothing for you. Uh, there's no help. And so if you don't have an employer that's helping you, and you can't get your family on Medicaid, there's just a big, a, a big gap. So um that's one of the flaws that, that I think Well, we'll that was cuz we'll... they were
0: supposed to s- expand Medicaid to 133% but then didn't.
1: That's right. You think that would have made a difference? It would have was... made a difference. It would have made a difference. And and I I talked to I I asked the question to Dave Heineman when I when I was uh back in, in Lincoln a few years ago and I said why why didn't you do that? Because in Nebraska we're, we're very conservative on our Medicaid policy, and it's not like that across the nation. A lot, mo- most states have much more liberal Medicaid programs. So in Nebraska, what happens is there's no coverage for adults over the poverty line, and the, and the limits on children are about as low as they can federally you know, mandated to be. So I asked him, why didn't you expand Medicaid? The, government, the federal government said they were going to pay 100% for the first 10 years, and 90% after that. How is this not a good deal? He said, uh, you know, we have a lot of experience with the federal government, right? We just talked about the co-ops. And they, he says, you know, what happens is they, they tell the states to sign up for this, and they promise to pay, but then, you know what, things change in Washington. You know, politics change, parties change, and the states are left holding all that cost and all those empty promises that we got from Washington. So, although it's... it's harmful to families almost, it, the the long play and the wise play would say, maybe we should be conservative o- on this. And, and and so he halfway got me there. <laughs> I halfway agreed with him uh, on that. But it's just hard from my perspective when you're talking to people and, and you, you run the numbers and you say, you know what, you make too much money to receive any help. So, uh you know if if we talk about a bill that uh that motivates people to to do their best and to do uh their best for their families uh that there's there's too many holes in this there's too many holes in this uh for working for working people
0: so if you're a business owner out there how how would you uh advise that they kind of manage and and stay on top of these things uh because it is it it could start happening to them
1: yeah um if you're a business owner and you are helping employees pay for individual policies right now. First of all, you're going to want to look into an employer-sponsored plan for 2017. The numbers have just shifted so drastically. Individual coverage used to be a lot less expensive because it could be underwritten individually. Therefore, people would buy individual policies to save money off off of a group. But now, it's the exact opposite. Individual policies are community rated with no underwriting whatsoever. And it's only on a group basis that you can be able to underwrite for, you know, the health care that you're actually going to use rather than simply paying what everyone else does and just paying your fair share of of that huge claim pool. So um, as far as, you know, that's one thing. I don't know. I don't know if I answered your question specifically. What, what can employers do to keep up on this? Well, uh, you need to be, uh, besides, you know, going on uh, edbellis dot com and, and 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 working on and doing that, um, you need to be you need to be sure that you have a broker or an agent that is knowledgeable that can speak not just to what's going through what you're going through as an employer, but what employees are actually experiencing and can communicate uh, effectively uh, because when employers make these decisions right? They can't make it for everybody. Someone's going someone's gonna to be hurt by your decision, right? There, there's, there, the, the, the system isn't set up to make employees and employers friendly, right? Because if the employer says, I don't want to pay the penalty, what it means is that maybe some of your employees are going to be denied a subsidy and maybe they wanted that subsidy. So you really have to have someone who can uh, communicate effectively and, and help those individuals as well as, as the, the employers go through uh, the decision-making process.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. and It's also important to be working with somebody that's um, on top of all of these changes and, and following them because I think there's a lot of people in the industry that haven't kept up on all of these things, and I think they're you know, almost doing their clients a disservice for that reason.
1: You, you know, um, p- keeping your head in the sand was a really good strategy leading up to the law because the government kind of said, oh, we're going to do this, never mind. Oh, we're going to do this, never mind. But that's not happening anymore. They're They're following through on what's going on. And if you haven't changed or you're not reviewing, uh, I, I hear stories like this all the time. I hear stories of uh, employers saying, yeah, my, my employees get a get a subsidy. That's no problem, right? Yeah, yeah, it, it, it can be. They're going to check. They haven't checked before. Things have changed, right? They're the, they've gotten the cogs connected. Uh, I have uh, people who have uh, short-term policies or policies that aren't a compliant with the law, saying, "How's the federal government going to know what kind of plan I have?" Well, they know. <laughs> the carriers report uh, on either your employ- your employer or the carrier is going to report your social security number and your plan uh, to the federal government to check. So it's going to happen, um, and you know, employers, individuals, uh, they really need to take a a, a look now and say, "Okay." This law is here to stay. I need to make sure what I'm doing is gonna gonna serve me right. Exactly,
0: exactly. Well, let's take a time out because uh, we want to get into uh, some of the other things coming up. Uh, we're going to be talking about was it the five design flaws we, of the we we, we can, picked five. I, I picked think five. we picked five. Okay, there there might be be a few more of those out there. Uh, but we're going to be taking a look at, at some of those design flaws because, for example, we just talked about one of them in some ways is this um, affordability issue. And uh, we're going to be getting down into depth a little bit more about that here on America's Healthcare Challenge. If you had any questions on how, how to manage all these things, uh, 402-342-1290 is the phone number, 402-342-1290 or 800-577-1290. Uh, like M&M, we're getting down to business Right now, and we'll be back right after this. Russia, if you're listening, I hope you're able to find the 30,000 emails that are missing.